your daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when the entire great nation ponders an imponderable question. What is the meaning in the mugshot? Uh, 1-800-955-1776. President Trump's image will become one of the signature images in the history of this campaign, whether or not he is the Republican nominee for president. And after the debate and the fireworks and the controversy and the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs seem to have settled down, nothing has happened uh, that is going to dramatically dislodge uh, Donald J. Trump from being the heavy favorite for winning the Republican nomination. He uh, apparently is um, going uh, for making money for the campaign, raising money for the campaign by selling T-shirts with the mugshot. They are selling for uh, $34. $4, the uh, regular pro- price, the Donald Trump mugshot white T-shirt, the iconic former president mugshot. And <laughs> there's some debate about what size President Trump would really wear because one of the most foolish of uh, the recent obsessions by the media, and there are plenty of foolish obsessions by the media, One of the most foolish is the obsession over Trump's listed weight. He listed his height as 6'3", his driver's license says he's actually 6'2", and uh, his weight was listed at 215 pounds, whereas the most recent White House examination had him at 239 pounds, uh, considerably heavier. Uh, (laughs) What does it matter? It doesn't matter, but uh, what is the message the mugshot is trying to say? For the first time in two and a half years, President Trump posted not on Truth Social, but he posted on Twitter, or as the platform has been rebranded by Elon Musk, X. He posted on X, and uh, X is often, well, question mark. Uh, Remember the X-Files. Uh, what does the Trump expression mean? The uh, Looking at the expression right now on the computer in front of me, it seems to represent determination, defiance. What? The uh, label uh, that they are using on the T-shirts and in the, uh, uh, in the di- distribution of this imagery uh, the label says election interference, never surrender, exclamation point, DonaldJTrump.com. Uh, this is obviously an important thing because it's brought uh, Donald Trump back to uh, Twitter. And uh, what does the debate mean? Actually, there is a, a Wall Street Journal editorial, a new editorial, that says it was a very good Republican presidential debate. How do you feel about it? Uh, It's a day after the debate. The dust has settled a little bit. Uh, Did it change your mind about anything if you watched the debate? 
Was there a candidate you had not considered who you are considering now? Was there a candidate you had considered who you have ruled out now because of something that happened on that debate stage? 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. The, um, the only major poll, which is a 538, uh, it's a, a national uh, public resource center, uh, NORC, National Opinion Research Center poll, uh, and uh, one that is also uh, sponsored by I-38 and Ipsos. They've all gotten together, and the poll showed that most people thought that uh, the uh, two winners in the debate were Ron DeSantis, which is a little bit of a surprise because most of the commentary you hear from uh, experts uh, thinks that uh, DeSantis underperformed. What do you think? Uh, the uh, point is that DeSantis avoided any major or horrible mistakes. That was true for most of the candidates. The He had 29% of people who gave an opinion thought that DeSantis had won the debate. The second-place finisher uh, within the margin of error with 26% was for uh, Vivek Ramaswamy who uh, everybody is talking about now. One of the big questions for Ramaswamy is he said memorably he believes that President Trump has been the best president of the 21st century. Now, of course, saying that, what you're doing is you're comparing to other 21st century presidents, and there are only three others. The others are George W. Bush and uh, Barack Obama and uh, Joe Biden. So what you're saying is uh, in that group of uh, Bush, Obama, and Biden, uh, Trump is the outstanding figure. That's what basically Vivek Ramaswamy is saying. However, if you believe that people can go ahead and pick the greatest president of the century to install him in power for another four years, why would you want uh, a, a youthful uh, imitator of President Trump? And a great deal of the commentary about Ramaswamy has been on how much, how directly he is going for the Donald Trump base. Anyone out there who had been thinking, I'm going to vote for Trump again, I, uh, I agree with him. I like the way that he ran the country when he was president of the United States those four years but then you saw something in the debate and you thought, no, not Trump, Ramaswamy, uh, somebody who is uh, younger and, by the way, has the advantage of being able to serve two terms. One of the disadvantages of uh, getting Trump elected, if you're working for that purpose, is that President Trump, because of the 22nd Amendment to the Constitution, he can only serve this one more term. If he wins this election and he becomes president of the United States, he can never run again because he is ineligible. Uh, the, um, uh, the ongoing, uh, a very good Republican presidential debate, which is the opinion of the uh, Wall Street Journal editorial board, they say Donald Trump ducked the first Republican presidential debate Wednesday night uh, 
and his absence did the party and the country a favor. Voters were able to hear eight other candidates and size up their policies, sparring abilities and differences. GOP voters who want to nominate someone who can defeat a highly vulnerable President Biden have more than one capable non-Trump to choose from. So which other non-Trumps are getting good reviews? Well, there are two prominent conservative voices, one David Brooks in the New York Times, the other syndicated columnist Kathleen Parker, both of whom believe that the clear winner in the debate was actually the only woman up there. Uh, that would be the former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley. We're going to be speaking about the debate uh, who won, who lost, what it means, and what about the next debate, which probably will not include Doug Burgum and probably not include Asa Hutchinson and maybe not include Chris Christie. Uh, we'll find out about that and more speaking to Chris Saliza, veteran reporter, who is also the author of a new book about presidents and their sports obsessions. Uh, we'll also be speaking with John West about an expose of a racist Smithsonian exhibit. That and more, all coming up on The Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. President Trump made a quick uh, trip to uh, to Atlanta, and uh, he uh, went ahead, had his fingerprints taken, had the mugshot taken, the now famous mugshot. I wonder if he was practicing that look in the mirror. And again, apparently, including shipping, it's uh, $34 to get that T-shirt uh, that says election interference and has the determined picture of President Trump. Uh, the former president uh, spoke briefly with the media after his formal arrest. It was 20 minutes. It was uh, fairly quick. And apparently everybody's grateful for that, that they moved through this quickly because the prison where this was taking place smells bad. And it's, um, believe it or not, oppressive and unpleasant environment. After he had withstood that, uh, President Trump spoke uh, briefly with the media before he got back on his plane to go back to a Bedminster uh, golf club in New Jersey. Uh, he had this to say. This is clip four. America, this should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election, and I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you can have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support 
And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think is very dishonest. Okay, that's uh, President Trump uh, making the point that he is not the first one to challenge the results of an election. Uh, he did challenge it. There were 60 different lawsuits that uh, the Trump campaign initiated. And uh, there's one of them that they got sort of a split decision on from the court. But the other 59 uh, were a disaster legally. And the, the one thing is he mentioned Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton. One of the things that President Trump talked about when he was talking to Tucker Carlson in that 46-minute conversation that was posted and got literally millions of people to listen to it and to watch it, maybe you did. Uh, but one of the things that he talked about was the fact that uh, Hillary Clinton had called him on the night of the election. It was apparently very early in the morning, middle of the night, three in the morning, something like that, and she had called and conceded. And she conceded publicly. And uh, when he talks about other people challenging elections, uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, for governor of, of Georgia, well, she didn't challenge her second run for governor of Georgia against Governor Brian Kemp because she lost that one very substantially. But yes, when elections are exceptionally close, it is uh, not wildly unusual for people to go through recounts, to go through questioning account, to go looking at the election again. What's different about this is this election just wasn't that close. It, uh, the, the Pennsylvania, which is one of the uh, states that President Trump was uh, very determined to question and to challenge, uh, Pennsylvania, the margin for Joe Biden was almost 150,000 votes. It was a much bigger margin uh, by more than two to one than the margin by which President Trump had won Pennsylvania four years before. And uh, all of this about the election uh, President Trump was uh, did a call with Newsmax, and of course he now prefers Newsmax or almost anything else to Fox. He was on with a host named Greg Kelly, and he talked about a suggestion uh, for uh, some folks who should be targeted by the FBI and the Justice Department. Who is he talking about? Uh, listen, this is uh, clip one. You know, to go through a case, and then they drop it right in the middle of the election when I'm leading Biden, Biden by five or six points at least. And but right in the middle of the election, they drop it. And I, I tell you, you just said something that's uh, very true. I looked at some of the other mugshots. Can you believe it? And uh, Rudy's a tough guy, and Rudy can handle his greatest mayor. And your father was the greatest police commissioner, but the greatest mayor in the history of the city of New 
Rudy shouldn't be going through this. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, he's the one, and we all are the ones that question the election. The ones they should go after are the ones that rigged the election. That's the ones that should be in trouble, not the ones that are trying to get to the bottom of what happened. It's a very sad thing, but Rudy can handle it. But I look at some of the other people. Now, I don't know a lot of those people. Uh, I don't even know that I've met a lot of those people, but some I do. And their lives are destroyed by these maniacs. These are animals. These are vicious animals that have destroyed the lives of these people. And, Greg, it's so sad. To see. And they don't have a lot of money. And some of them did almost nothing. They don't even know what they're being charged for. Okay. Uh, again, they are being charged for participating in, for instance, uh, of, uh, creating groups of fake electors, people who were not uh, elected uh, or even close to being elected uh, for the Electoral College. And that's why their charges here, including forgery, because some of the papers were were not appropriate. Uh, meanwhile, can it help Trump to go back to talking about election interference and to try to persuade the majority of Americans that the election of 2020 was stolen? Is that a good political strategy? Uh, is it a good political strategy, President Trump, when he was speaking with Tucker Carlson, was asked about the possibility of civil war and he talked about all the love that was in the air on uh, january 6th and the most greatest explosion of love and emotion he'd ever seen uh, sarah palin is also talking about civil war uh, we'll play that for you and uh, your perspective if you believe we're on the verge of civil war uh, which I emphatically do not. If you believe that we are on the verge of civil war, give us a call and explain why. I'm very eager to hear you. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. All across America. It's open, it's expansive, it's welcoming, it's filled with light. This is The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. Michael Medved show talking about winners, losers, and irrelevancies concerning the first of the Republican presidential debates. The next debate is going to be at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California. That uh, takes place on uh, September 27th. So it's uh, a month and two days from now. And the presidential uh, race for the Republican nomination, it does seem likely that at least a couple of the people who were trying to get on the stage and some of the people who did actually make it on the stage for this debate uh, are not going to be participating in that next debate because they are raising the bar in terms of how you have to fare in some polling nationally, in how many people you have to have signed declarations that they support your candidacy. It's, it has to be down 50,000 people instead of 40,000. 
I think for Asa Hutchinson, who's a very good man and uh, was a fine governor of Arkansas and a fine head of the DEA and is a great public servant, and I think he'd be a terrific addition to the cabinet of whoever the next Republican president is. I don't think he is going to be as part of the next debate. And uh, Doug Burgum, uh, even after he recovers from his Achilles tendon injury from playing basketball, the governor of North Dakota, I don't think is going to uh, continue. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we won't continue at all because there won't be any kind of orderly primary. What there will be is civil war. Uh, Sarah Palin commented on uh, Newsmax. She's been through her own bitter presidential campaign when she was named as the vice presidential nominee by Senator John McCain, this back in 2008. But here is uh, the former governor of Alaska uh, on Newsmax with a warning, uh, 3.7. I think uh, those who are conducting this travesty and uh, creating this two-tier system of justice. I'm, I want to ask them, what the heck? Do, do you want us to be in civil war? Because that's what's going to happen. We're not going to keep putting up with this. And Eric, I like that you suggested that we need to get angry. We do need to rise up and take our country back. Now, I would, um, I would say the RNC, though, that's what's lacking when it comes to collective anger that can be healthy and it can be useful where is the rnc they hold the purse strings to the party they hold they hold the funds that could be helping out in this situation they have the platform and yet they're too timid and a bunch of freaking rhinos running the thing so the rnc they better get their stuff together or i'll have to ask them too what do they want as an outcome of this civil war okay uh is that the only alternative here and again, uh, when Sarah Palin talks about uh, the Civil War and talks about Ronna McDaniel, it's, it's fascinating because in terms of the debate about whether the election was rigged or whether it was stolen or whether it was legitimate, if President Trump had wanted to make the case for uh, overturning the election, uh, what what would happen? Would it mean that uh, you cut short the presidential term of Joe Biden? I mean, what exactly are we asking for here? And uh, again, that's why she's talking about anger and how constructive anger is. That clearly is what they're trying to sell with the mugshot, which the mugshot that looks, yes, it looks resolute and determined and and very angry. But uh, anger is a totally destructive emotion un unless it can lead to some kind of resolution in your favor. And I, again, I'd be glad to take your phone calls. What's the resolution in favor of the uh, Trump position here regarding the election of 2020? That election was two and a half years ago. Uh, we're in the midst of a new election. And, okay, if you want to say the right way to get retribution, which is uh, a word that President Trump likes. It's also the title of a new movie today with uh, Liam Neeson. We're going to be reviewing it later. But uh, when you talk about retribution, 
uh, it means getting even. So how do you get even with this thing? Do you, is it that you want to go after and, and prosecute people like Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State for the state of Georgia, who refused to, quote, find those 11,780 votes? Uh, in terms of the civil war that uh, everybody or many people seem to be talking about, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the gentle lady from uh, Georgia, uh, also had uh, her idea about a gathering storm and an onrushing conflict. Here's what she had to say about the situation in uh, her home state. This is clip 5.5. It's a horrible day in America, and to stand in solidarity with President Trump, I made my own mugshot with the Fulton County Jail here <laughs> logo, and I changed it to my official photo on Twitter. So I encourage everyone to make your own MAGA mugshot. Stand with President Trump. We always stand with our president because he's the one that's going to save this country, and, and we thank God for him. So that's what I did to stand in solidarity. I'm standing right here at the jail with all of y'all. Um, I think right side, I think everybody that's here, and we're going to support him all the way. Okay, uh, and support him all the way, meaning to support him as a candidate for president, which totally legitimate. He There's nothing that, except if you believe that the 14th Amendment, Section 3, uh, actually prohibits him from running because he's participated in insurrection. I don't think anyone expects that those lawsuits that they're talking about doing that would disqualify President Trump, I don't believe they're going anywhere. And frankly, that would so unnecessarily enrage people. Uh, the The idea right now of peddling rage, don't we have too much of that already in uh, in this country? Uh, Lara Trump, the uh, uh, daughter-in-law, the wife of Eric Trump, uh, one of uh, President Trump's sons, uh, had her comments about the whole idea of taking a mugshot and uh, why it was unnecessary. This is clip six. You know, it feels like one of the low points in American history, Jesse. You know, I wonder what the rest of the world is looking at the once great superpower, the United States of America, and thinking right now as we watch this play out with my father-in-law. Now, a fourth indictment. This arraignment today, and like you said, uh, probably a mugshot of one of the most recognizable people in the entire world. Why you would need a mugshot and why you would need to set a bond for someone like Donald Trump is absolutely absurd. Of course, he is no flight risk. Of course, everyone recognizes him. Um, but it just shows you how far the Democrats have gone at this point. And they used to try and hide it. But it feels very blatant and out front now. They're not even afraid to show us what they're willing to do and how they're willing to tear down this country. Uh, is uh, that what this is about? Uh, on the other side, I think somebody would say that, uh, look, uh, the whole idea of justice uh, being equal, regardless of how powerful, how popular, how much public support you may have, uh, you still go through the same procedures 
as uh, people who may not have that kind of public following or those kind of financial resources to fight uh, a, um, an accusation against them. Uh, that idea of equal justice for all, something uh, you don't hear about that in Russia at all, where there's bad news about a reporter uh, from the Wall Street Journal. We will get to that and more coming up on the Medved Show. Michael Medved show, uh, despite all of the negativity and the harshness of our political rhetoric and the name calling and the suspicions and the uh, ongoing debate about election fraud and rigged elections, uh, we do not have the, not yet at least, a situation in which uh, people at the heights of power are involved in murder. Uh, they, uh, they do have that in uh, Russia. There uh, is the death of uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head and the organizer of the Wagner Group. Uh, the uh, press de department, uh, uh, defense department press secretary, whose name is Pat Ryder, uh, said in a press conference that uh, Prigozhin uh, was most likely on that plane that crashed near Moscow. Listen. I know there's a lot of interest in this topic. I'll, I'll say right up front, um, first of all, our initial assessment is that it's likely uh, Prigozhin was killed. Um, we're continuing to assess uh, the situation. Um, we don't have any information to indicate right now. Um, the press reporting uh, stating that there was some type of surface-to-air missile that took down the plane. That we assess that information to be inaccurate. Uh, again, nothing to indicate, no information to suggest that there was a surface-to-air missile. Um, but beyond that, I'm, I'm really just not going to have any further information. What was it, something that came internal from inside the plane? Again, I, I don't have any uh, additional insight to provide on that. Thank you. Oren. I just want to check the first thing you said. Our initial assessment is that it's likely Prigozhin was killed. You mean killed intentionally, Allah? This may well have been an assassination attempt. Killed in this uh, airplane oh, crash. He was on board. And what leads you to believe that? What information do you have to suggest that he was on board? Or is this based based on the fact that you have no reason to doubt Russian reports. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the specifics uh, of how we gather information other than, again, our initial assessment uh, based on a variety of factors is that he was likely killed. But not just based on, on Russian statements, I would imagine. Uh, based on a variety of, of factors. There are other statements from our government, uh, none of them quite as hard and fast as this one, that basically says, yes, Prigozhin is uh, almost certainly dead, and he uh, died in that plane crash. But uh, there are also pieces in the Wall Street Journal, for instance, and elsewhere, uh, that say that um, they, they do believe it uh, may have been a bomb placed on that plane and that uh, the killing of Prigozhin, who had marched with uh, thousands of members of his Wagner group toward Moscow uh, to cheering crowds 
at, at one point to attempting to launch a mutiny, meaningful mutiny against Putin. Uh, the fact is, two months after that happened, uh, exactly, uh, there is this, uh, which, uh, again, uh, at least according to U.S. sources, and it's why we spend money on intelligence and why intelligence is, is necessary, because you need to know what's happening in the world, that this is yet another opponent, critic, dissenter, uh, who has been uh, punished with his his life. Uh, and not that uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin was any kind of paragon of virtue. He was a thug uh, who was killed, apparently, by another thug. Uh, meanwhile, Russia has taken someone who is not a thug, who is uh, just an American reporter doing his job and trying to report publicly on Russia, uh, Evan Gerskovich of the Wall Street Journal, that reporter who is being held for spying his uh, detainment time uh, in prison in Russia uh, has been increased by another three months. Uh, this is the Washington bureau chief of the Wall Street Journal reacting to the news that the prison term of Evan Gerskovich has been extended by three months. Listen. This is a pattern for us, Bill, a, a sad pattern, but uh, we were not surprised by this, although, of course, deeply disappointed. Uh, it means that Evan, who has already been unjustly detained for five months, will be unjustly detained for at least another three, and really every day that goes by is a tough one for him, uh, for his family, for the journal, uh, and for press freedom. And uh, it, it, it is, it does give you some perspective on uh, what is at stake in the current struggle for world dominance. And is there a struggle for world dominance? Uh, I think there's very little question, and it's one of those things that came up and was a subject of the debate the other night, was that uh, Nikki Haley in particular, and also to some extent Mike Pence, made the case very well that uh, the battle in Ukraine, the battle for the survival of Ukraine as an independent nation is something that directly involves the American interest. And that, uh, again, it's one of those situations where if you talk to anyone with experience in American foreign policy, uh, there's a strong belief that Vladimir Putin meant what he said when he said that it was part of his goal to re-establish a Soviet empire, which means basically conquering and invading some of those independent nations, some of which are very clearly aligned with the West now, is attacking them and subjugating them again in uh, what used to be called captive nations. Uh, all of this is uh, happening at a time when there are real questions about the competence of American leadership and the preoccupations of American leadership with scandal against uh, one side or against another. And the whole idea of uh, basically trying to settle this election by determining uh, whether you are going to prosecute Joe Biden for some of the uh, 
shady involvements of his uh, son in Ukraine or in uh, communist China, or you are going to prosecute Joe Biden with an impeachment, uh, articles of impeachment. Uh, the idea that basically what our politics is now about is not only uh, uh, getting making a choice of one side over the other, it's now a choice of which side deserves total destruction. And that's not a healthy thing in our politics. It's why the idea that there are now four different indictments against uh, President Trump and it appears not to be harming him, I think that should be a lesson that this is not the proper way to conduct our politics. And the the idea that, uh, uh, again, if President Trump uh, does win the election, which is not inconceivable, that he would immediately, as his first priority, would be to try to prosecute some of his enemies and put them in jail, and we go back to screaming, lock them up, lock him up, lock her up, lock them all up, lock everybody up. Uh, that idea that our entire political class uh, deserves some kind of incarceration, some kind of uh, very serious and extended punishment, uh, seems to me to be <laughs> to be one of those things that's deeply, deeply unhealthy for our country. Uh, we also have culture wars in our country. And uh, the um, very uh, popular, well-regarded musician, Carlos Santana, who has been around and a figure in this country for almost uh, 50 years, he was involved in a concert in New Jersey where he made some very controversial comments about uh, uh, a cultural issue that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that I do believe the great majority of Americans would applaud what Santana had to say. We will get to that. We'll uh, also get to uh, the governor of New York uh, begging Biden for a bailout. Uh, why? Because a sanctuary city in the state of New York, uh, and I believe New York is also officially a sanctuary state, is being deluged and buried in costs because of unauthorized immigrants. Uh, in other words, illegal aliens. Uh, we will get to that and to much more. Uh, also coming up with uh, reporter Chris Saliza on presidents and sports madness and more in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.